Welcome to the Grappling We See exactly. Grappling Rewind Podcast. Welcome to this week on the Grappling Rewind Podcast. In this week's show, we are going to recap who's number one, Gordon Ryan versus Jacob Couch, recap Polaris 19, and recap Fight to Win 198. We're also going to talk a little bit about uh, 1FC, Andre Galvao's return to super fights, and preview the ADCC West Coast trials that Miranda and I are going to go to yep. uh, in a couple of days here. As always in the show, I'm your host, Maine, joined my co-host. Miranda. How you doing, Miranda? Pretty good. How are you? I'm very, very tired, and I'm ready for... Be on vacation, going to Vegas, do a little seminar, do West Coast trials. It's going to be great. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. I'm super excited for it. First time in Vegas, and uh, it's for... You've, ne- you've never been to Vegas? Never been to Vegas before. Oh, so, yeah. So this is the lead into the World Championships. I'm going to get my bearings in Vegas. We're going to go to West Coast trials, two-day yeah. event. Um, so yeah, let's get let's get into it. Yep. Uh, first in the news section, ADCC, you told me, I think, it was uh, Wednesday? Yep. Wednesday is the last day to register for... West Coast Trials. So if you're looking to do, looking to do, do West Coast Trials last minute, um, in, unless I think the 77-kilogram division, under 77, yeah. for men is now closed yeah. because it has reached the capacity of 256 grapplers or entrants. Yeah, 66 has to be closed at this point. I think 256 is, 56 is, is in the 220s okay. or 30s. Yeah. Last time I checked earlier, end of last week, that's where it was. Like It's getting very close. The other divisions aren't really close to filling up, but... Um, if you were going to be 77, you know, that is full. Yeah. Again, you would have probably registered there at that point. You think so? Unless, yeah. Unless you're like me and you just decide last, last minute. Last minute. We were going to Vegas. Like Why not? No, I don't do it. Okay. So, so. Um, yeah, that's that's coming up. That'll be fun. Any questions you got, anything you want to see from us in Vegas, let us know. Shoot us a DM. Yep. If you're not following the Grappling Rewind on Instagram, uh, you can do that. That's the if best place to DM us. If you have any fun places that we should go. Tell us. Yeah, we're going to go to the Taco Bell we're in go uh, to Las Taco Vegas. Bell That's about as far as I got. Yeah. Uh, in, in trip planning, really going to be a couple of days at the Westgate Hotel, doing trials, stacked divisions. Uh, yeah. We talked about it last week and the week prior. Um, not really going to get uh, into it a ton. We're going to talk about a little bit more at the end of the show uh, when we preview it, but we don't have brackets right now. We're really, we actually don't have a ton of entrance right now, so we'll just talk about it kind of very briefly. Yeah. But. We have enough to cover this week with matches. It was a very, very busy weekend. It was. Uh, Rob from the Grappling Ryan fought, returned, got out of retirement, yep. won his fight. So we were all at that on Saturday and then watching Who's Number One on Friday and yeah. Polaris on Saturday and won the morning of. So Saturday, yeah, Saturday morning. Th- very, very busy grappling weekend. Do we have any other news this week? I don't believe so. I don't know. There was the, the really kind of awkward uh, Gordon Ryan call out where he wants like... To fight six people in a row at the next who's number one. It was like Spriggs. It was like Hugo. It was. Was it Mourinho? Might have been Pedro Mourinho as yeah, well. It, it I, was. It was like a weird collection. It was like I want to fight people. all of them in a row to prove I can do yeah, it. Yeah, with and like no breaks, and I just want to go. And he, like, he's talked about that before and done that before. I don't. I, I don't really have interest in. I much rather. I'd much rather him just see see him fight those guys yeah, every like point, other it's month. Like it's just like a wall drill in jujitsu. Yeah, but it's like in if he wins it. Then it's like cool. He beat all those guys. If he loses it, it's like cool. He was tired. Then you're gonna have a super fight with the guy that. Yeah. Then if he beats him, okay, you can only beat him when he's tired. It's just like yeah, it doesn't do anything did, for me. Is that what he did when you look back? Subversive when it was the team because that's the team challenge, right? Yeah, he beat Josh Barnett. He but beat that was he fought an entire he fought an entire no Lachlan did Lachlan, oh, Lachlan, Lachlan did. beat a whole a whole a whole team himself. Gordon drew against Roberto. Uh, Roberto Satoshi, I think. Okay. Uh, on the third match, and didn't clear their team out because Quintet. If you draw, you know, okay. you're both eliminated. Okay. But um, I, I'm not really interested in seeing it. Let's talk about that in a little bit. 
Um, any other news we got? I don't think so. All right, let's move into it, it then. Um, let's move into the big one this week. You want to start with Gordon Ryan versus Jacob Couch. That's sure. sort of the biggest talk of this week. He's number one. Jor- uh, Jacob Couch stepping up on pretty short notice to take on Gordon Ryan. There was a big discussion initially well, about the it weight. Was the o- it was the other way around. It was Gordon Ryan stepped up last minute against Couch. Yeah, Because Couch point. was going against Couch was going Nikki. against his brother. Yeah. And then Nikki's knee is still kind of messed up. Yeah. And he's going to need maybe additional surgery. I'm not. No one's quite sure yet what he's going to need. So Gordon was like, I'll face him. And uh, Jacob had a very, very endearing, like behind the scenes moment at the Daisy Fresh HQ yeah. where he was like, not people from my area know not being able to read. So I read it and went, is that for real? Yeah. So it was, it was again, Jacob Couch being very endearing the whole weekend. Yeah. He um, and it was, it was pretty decent between them. Even at weigh-ins, Gordon gave him a hat. Yeah. Gave him a Stetson hat. Yeah. You know, it was, it was, it was finally nice to see Gordon for once, like not adversarial against the opponent. Like yeah. just happy to have a match against the guy. Yeah. It was one day from being one year since Gordon's last match. Uh, the match kind of went how most of us would expect yeah. aside from kind of one piece that is the piece that I want to talk was, about. I was surprised that, not surprised, but I, there was a big difference between the last Gordon that we saw and yeah. this Gordon in that this Gordon didn't wasn't like gasping for air no because the last time we saw him we talked about in the in with the yeah, previous he show tired versus philip rowe yeah. he looked tired and he yeah. talked about in his post interview his stomach is getting better and like yeah. finally he can like train properly which is great as a guy that's and he looks skin- i mean he looks smaller than yeah he's he was 228 i think was his yeah. way and i think couch weighed in it but he doesn't have the f- he doesn't have the huge fat face like he did for a while no yeah he kind of you know? he's definitely slimmed out yeah. a little bit um Gordon did what Gordon does. He mounted. He kind of sustained mount for, I think, what was the whole, total match? 15 minutes? 11 minutes? No, the whole match was 30 minutes. No, it was oh, it was scheduled for 30 oh. minutes, and it only went, yeah, I, I think, think it went like, like 15 minutes, maybe, What tops. did it go? It went 12 and a half, a little minutes. over 12 yeah. minutes. Maybe four minutes on top of him. No, eight. You think so? It was most of the match on top. Couch, the really interesting thing is, so Gordon pressured, pressured. Eventually, he... Kind of goes for head and arm for a couple of times. Couch defends, gives yeah. up his back. Gordon obviously doesn't want the back because no. Couch keeps giving it and Gordon keeps going back to the mount. Gordon gave a card to the commentary booth at the beginning and we all, everyone thought it was like, is he going to call his fight yeah. again? Is he, what's he looking for? Um, eventually, he taps him to just pressure in the S mount right before yeah. he goes for the arm. Again, Couch is competing at ADCC Trials this next weekend. Yeah. Like, I, you got beat. He taps kind of early after just the, like, he's not going to get out of that place. He's about to get armbarred. Yeah. You know, good on him. He has to compete later this next week. Um, there's one moment in the match I do want to talk about. Okay. And it's Jacob Couch's false reap entry into the leg on Gordon. And in that, in that section, you see Couch on the legs and you see Gordon have the most measured leg lock defense I have ever seen. We watched it right yeah. before the show. Um, couch enters, you see Couch like get up on his hip, get up on his shoulder, throw his leg all the way through, and you see Gordon go, hmm, hmm. I really have to defend this. Yeah. And the way that he shifts his weight onto Couch's hip and his own leg, and then the way that he eventually ends up, Gordon puts his arm through under his own leg on top of Couch's leg, kind of like Keenan... I think back at ADCC defended a knee bar a couple of years ago, like putting a putting his arm and basically creating yeah. a wedge well, and levering yeah, against it. Kind of the same aspect of of like maybe spreading the person's knees 
to yeah. get out of it because that's what I've always seen. But this mm-hmm. makes more sense because this you have better. Well, he, do, he does that as well. Yeah. He spreads the knees, but just the entire sequence of Gordon Ryan methodically defending and like shifting his weight onto his yeah. knees. He makes a really, really wide, long base so that yeah. Couch can't get underneath him for like a deep half or any and other entry. And can't even really sweep him over. Yeah. It was, it again, it was why I still like watching Gordon Ryan compete for moments like that where you see something that other people will try to have a scramble out of or like fight really hard the hands and like push away and turn and Gordon just goes okay you're here I come right here he leans over on Couch's neck to prevent Couch from going under him he then moves the arms over again he just like the, the steps that he went through were the most measured leg and lock he wasn't defense being, I've ever seen. And he wasn't being overly coached either. No. It wasn't like you could hear him being coached through the whole thing. He just did it. Yeah. And then yeah. So you he, can tell that's what he does. Probably. He gets out. He eventually kind of actually goes towards Couch's feet for a second. Yeah. And you see that he's changed the angle so that his body is lower and sort of behind so that yeah. he can start attacking Couch's feet. And Couch has to sort of, sort of come up. Gordon stops the come up. He disengages out of the leg locks during that kind of exchange and then immediately moves into passing again and going into mount and like eventually finishes couch with that yeah. s mount armbar from the top um gordon get, gordon didn't get tired no and if we're speaking kind of as a whole for the weekend the guy that everyone's interested in gordon facing next is andre galvao he's scheduled yeah. to face him at the super fight in adcc in addition to his division yeah galvao had a super fight this weekend as well which is the first super fight that galvao has had Andre Gaval since ADCC where he beat Felipe Pena in the super fight in the absolute so it's also been two plus years for Andre and Andre talked about he goes ah my technique wasn't as sharp as I would have liked it and I got tired but the other the other thing to think about with that is that fight was in Singapore I believe Mm. it was in Singapore I, that's where one is based out of. Yeah, I it was in Asia. It was Singapore, but yeah. I don't actually. I, know. I think it was in Singapore, um, and that is a huge flight. It's oh yeah, a it's long monstrous. flight. Yeah, it's time zones. It's all that crazy stuff. Other side of the world. So from you, California. you have and and where was who's number one? Texas. Texas. Yeah. Yep. So you have a lot Gordon's of tra- in Texas. Yeah, you have a lot of travel that I yeah. I would think that that might affect you, especially if you've never done that other than traveled. Because when's just, the last time Gaval probably went over? When's the last time he competed out of the country? It would yeah. have been prior to ADCC 2019. So I just see that as being a, a tough go. Yeah. And like if you watched it real time, which I didn't, it came on maybe at one o'clock in the morning. Eastern time? Something like Something that. Well, like I got, that. I it was the some crazy. Well. Yeah, it was some crazy time. It was just so, really interesting to have Andre in the post fight. Yeah. I think Flo has it up talking about like he got tired and you could tell that he was yeah. like gonna, he was basically like, I'm gonna tighten that up. I'm gonna like improve my conditioning. Yeah. Basically anticipating going to the Gordon match. Oh, the card that Gordon put for the commentary booth was basically like, Something disparaging towards Andre. Yeah, it was, like, it was like, something it was like, about Galvao. Stay in the retirement homes. Don't like, yeah. don't fight me or do fight me. Whatever. I don't really care. The buildup isn't like both guys are good enough that the build that is kind of all the buildup I need. Yeah. I don't need any of the beef or any of that. I'm just happy to see them both compete. It was interesting to see them both compete on the same weekend. Um, Andre looked good versus DeRitter. He wasn't able to sub him. Um, he took his back at one point. DeRitter just carried him around. DeRitter was much like, bigger than Andre. In my mind. And I think what do you remember what Andre weighed for that match? No, I don't remember what they weighed in. God, I wish I, I wish I could remember what he weighed, but it's like it's smaller than Gordon. And the size, I'm very curious now seeing Andre versus DeRitter and seeing Gordon apparently with his stomach issue fixed, looking pretty comfortable at 228. He'll probably be 230 
plus for ADCC, especially with it plus 99, you know, he has no incentive to really like get his weight back down for anything. No, not at all. So how much bigger is Gordon going to be than Galvao going into the super fight? It was interesting. Gordon didn't look, didn't look, you know, he looked very, very sweaty, but he didn't look exhausted, you know, in the couch match, which I would hope given kind of how he dominated him. Like, so it's just an interesting kind of toss up this weekend of it. it the, the the match is on uh, YouTube, right? YouTube, yeah. But it won't stop where it shows like both of them and all their stuff. The tail of the tape. Yeah, it like it shows it to you for like a second and then it goes away, okay. which is upsetting because I was trying to figure out exactly what he weighed in at. So I do not. Th- know. I don't have much more on that match. You know, it was no. cool to see Jacob Couch get the opportunity to face him. Um, I was very impressed with his leg entry, like. He put Gordon in the most dangerous scene him since Wagner. Honestly, he forced Gordon to actually have measured defense. We know yeah. Couch is a super dangerous leg locker. To be able to enter into the legs on Gordon Ryan like that speaks very highly to his talent. I am extremely interested to see what he's going to look like this week at trials, having just placed third at East Coast trials back in April. Or not April. Um, November. November of 2021. Uh, so... Yeah, really interesting. Uh, moving on to the next match. Or do we have anything more on Gordon Ryan versus Jacob Couch? Nope, not at all. Moving on to the next match, we had Michael Galvao defeating Dante Leon via unanimous decision. This one was a little controversial for some people. Um, but for me, the beginning of the match where Dante almost got armbarred super hard by... like in the middle. It's towards the middle. Okay, yeah, I mean, middle of the match. Yeah. We saw Dante wrestling on display. Yeah, Re- repeatedly we taking down, down Michael Galvao. I think took, yeah. takes him down at least three or four times. I'm saying four. I think yeah, I think I it think was four. four. Like, repeatedly again. It's been but full disclosure. It's been a very long weekend for both of us. But uh, Galvao, I mean, he had one of those standing or not standing arm. Well, Dante Dante stood out of stood it. Stood out of the that. arm bar, and it for a second you thought, oh shit, he's gonna let his arm. For a break. second, I was like, he is about to break Dante's shit because Dante doesn't have to do trials Dante, next week. Yeah, and Dante's facial expression definitely was like, my shit's getting. Broken. Oh, Dante's facial expression was like, it's gonna break. I got mm, five months till ADCC. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah, let it break. Yeah, I'm like, gonna pay for that. That was that was the look that Dante gave. He was like, I'm gonna let it break. Yeah, and I was like, oh Jesus, Dante's, <laughs> Dante's ready for it. Um, really impressed with the wrestling of Dante, like yes. that is a tool that he is obviously working and honing and improving. And I was curious how Gaval, knowing that he has been uh, doing a little wrestling here yeah. and there, how he was going to stand up against him, and um, he really didn't stand long with No, I mean, Dante, Dante just come, and they talked about it both in the lead-up for this yeah. match, of like Dante has just a, such a come-forward pressure style yeah. that Gaval was sort of looking to play off of that and like sort of almost counterattack and. Yeah. In that middle section of the match, he did. Yeah. And he goes through, I forget the exact sequence was, but it ends with a really, really deep armbar yeah. that he swings to the, the out of, but Dante is able to get his hips underneath him and lift and kind of like yank yeah. and, and throw Michael kind of off of the arm a little yeah. bit. Um, but overall, I think that sequence, you know, that I think he throws two different subs ending in the armbar yeah. is the what win- wins that's it the for winning sequence. Galvao. Positionally, though, it was interesting to see Dante Leon passing yeah. versus Michael Galvao. And if you were if you were kind of scoring this as an MMA judge rather than scoring it as a grappling judge, I could see that you would say Dante won. Yeah. He had positional control. He um passed. He, passed. he 
had the takedowns. And so if that was more weighed heavily in this rule set, he definitely would have won. Yeah, and that's something we don't talk about a lot on the show, yeah. but I think we should definitely talk about it more. Is We watch a lot of different grappling. We watched four different events essentially this weekend, three of which we're going to talk about, that all had different rules, different scoring criteria. Like Polaris' scoring criteria is kind of close to who's number one's criteria that is kind of close to fight the wins criteria. Yeah. But if you're looking at like an IBJJF match, it's completely very, different. very different scoring criteria. Who's number one? Unless nothing else happens, they don't really care about the takedown offense or the positional offense. Yeah. Kind of much the way, same way that fight to win does, yeah. where it's like they yeah, care but about they what you're still so- fight to win still weighs it. Yeah, it still gets you weighed. Still get a certain but weight. But if anything else but happens in like, the match, yeah, but I feel that like, supersedes. Yeah, but I feel like who's number one? They the submission attempts surpasses everything else yeah and well, the and the aggressiveness like aggressiveness yeah. is a criteria and if you look at that like well submission aggressiveness you had Galvao kind of clearly taking that yeah. but positional aggressiveness dante clear it was again yeah it was a close decision it's a very close there's decision. definitely ways you can score it the way yeah. on the night watching it i was like okay that's michael Galvao's win i don't think michael Galvao thought that when the match no, finished he, you, when the match finished micah did not look like yeah i think that won. also yeah. kind of led a lot of people to to push that like yeah. they dante clearly won very close match um i would love to see this run back yeah. in the finals of adcc or the quarterfinals or the semi like yeah this is the one i want to see both these guys are still like young and yeah. awesome and looking and they're better both and better. In, they're gonna be both at adcc anyway yeah they're both i mean dante was fourth place so he got the invite they were both and michael invited. won brazilians brazilian the first brazilian trial yeah. so they're both there it really speaks to the talent in that division that yeah. that match could be that close great match watch that match again both those guys are guys that like are two of my favorite guys to watch right now. Um, I did not think it was going to be as close as it was, and I'm yeah. super happy about that. Like that's always. I think I picked Michael Gavall last week, yeah. but I did not think it would be nearly that close, and I'm super happy for it. Next match, we have Nicholas Morgali in his first Nogi match ever, defeating Arnaldo Maidana via submission uh, at 14:29 of a 15 yeah, minute match. Very end. Basically, like dude made Maidana dead tired yeah and then at the end snaps him down gets him gets him yeah. back gets the arm bar and that was that was the the, the for me the interesting piece of the match yeah you saw Morgali in his post-fight interview talk about basically being upset with the match but like yeah he was like i'm sorry like it was a bad match uh I'm, i apologize like i wanted to go in and work some things that i was yeah. working on i wanted to work my takedowns like oh my got an invite to adcc yeah so he is looking to play an adcc game yeah Morgali is a black belt world champion. This is the first Nogi match he's had. I want to be upset at the guy. Yeah. But like. But at the same time, it's a lot different. And, but, and that's a what lot I mean. Going so I, on. I want to temper my expectations yeah. of like, I've had more Nogi matches than Morgali's had. Yeah. And I'm some like jackfuck. The guy went in against a high level guy with Arnold Maidana. He played a game. He looked, you know, his first Nogi match. Yeah. He had to do certain things differently. He was looking to test certain things out. And like. I'm good with. Oh, good I'm good him. with the pace His of the match. His wrestling yeah. didn't look bad for somebody who's just started. You know, no, that drop single. That, I was like, holy shit! He got. I was very impressed. Yeah. Like he t- even. But I watched the lead up for a lot of the footage yeah. they've been putting out. They've been showing him really working his takedowns. Like that's yeah. been sort of the highlight of what the footage that has come out of the new wave camp. Well, and in new wave, I mean, there's a lot of guys there that can help him with that. Yeah. So. It's, it's an ADCC-focused camp, yeah. and Morgali's looking to go and compete and win ADCC. Yeah. Like, yeah, it makes sense. And his wrestling looked good. He was able to take down Maidana. I wouldn't say it will, but 
when he no, really decided to commit to the takedown, he yeah. could get there. And he had to, he kind of had to wear him down. Like you mm-hmm. have somebody, when you have somebody that at that level, that's an equal level to you. Yeah. Y- there's some wearing down that has to be done. Oh, yeah. And there were definitely towards the end, that seemed like the strategy. Like, towards yeah. the last three minutes of the match, Margali could tell that Maidana was just dead tired. Yeah. And Margali went, okay, this is when it comes time yeah. to, like, really just push the pace and, like, turn on the afterburners. And, and Margali is a great grappler and could do that. And he showed us that, like, yeah... In Nogi, I still have the skills to keep myself safe and be able to continue to push offense there to, you know, drive through Maidana. Yep. So, I'm ha- again, nice to see Nicholas Margali. We didn't see a ton of leg lock shootouts. We didn't see, like, a whole host of his game, but it was nice to see him working his takedown and then eventually at the end of the match being able to leverage, you know, his cardio and his offense to get the, to get the arm bar at the end. And then next we had a surprising one. Super to me. Surprised me too. I had a bunch of people text me and they were like, That's what I thought was gonna happen. I went I went, Was it just me? No, got I got this one wrong. We both got this wrong because both of us so thought Elder Cruz was just gonna like blast through Hasam Rita and it yeah. did not happen. Hasam Rita submits Elder Cruz. We're in a choke in just over a four minute like four twenty five yeah. like in the t- match. He just takes his back and just freaking I, I did not expect because like the beginning of the match, Elder Cruz started leveraging wrestling. Yeah, and you saw Heisen was it one or twice, once or twice. Like Elder Cruz would blast on him, and Heisen yeah. like pull guard off it. Yeah, and I was like, okay, Heisen's got a really long, like really dangerous yeah. guard. Um, and on like the second one or the third one, he like counters it with a snap down yeah. and comes and immediately gets Elder's back. And I was yeah. like, okay, Elder's going to get his back to the mat. He's going to recenter. He's going to keep wrestling him, and then Heisen like beautiful yep. back control throws like he gets he gets the Heisman is super super long he's called yeah. the giraffe for a reason he gets his legs he gets the body triangle in squeezes right body triangle yeah. this one I think so and then throws the choke over and I went oh that's actually like under the chin and deep yeah it was and a good elders chin. reaching back and trying to grab and yeah. fight the hands but he can't reach back to actually get heisem's like arm and hand yeah. in the position that he needs to shuck it forward yeah so heisem gets behind him and finishes the choke and i went well called that one wrong yeah yeah completely got that one wrong again i don't i don't want to say it's a fluke because I don't want to discount no. some skills no. in that way. It's just, it is unexpected. I thought the dynamic, again, I talked about it in last week's show. But I thought the, the dynamics yeah, of the match were the not going to line up is, like this. It, Elder Cruz has competed a lot recently, so maybe it was just they just watched his film and they figured out, yeah. you know, something. That I mean, he Heisen's does. with that camp, uh, Detroit Jiu Jitsu with Garmo. Like, yeah. they watch footage, they're, they prepare well and they're smart about their preparation. I'm guessing that's probably what Heisen did. Yeah, like, they he had knew. to watch something yeah. that he does. It was just really interesting um, to see, like, Heisem just pull off the wrestling and then be able to counter there so successfully and get to the back. We'll talk about another great back submission in Polaris here, not the main event for Polaris, but called it wrong. Awesome. I'm super excited to see how Heisem does at trials because yeah. he's not in he's not in ADCC yet, but he's been doing way more nogi with those guys to beat a guy like Elder Cruz, who is apps is Elder in ADCC yet? Did he win a trials? It would have been it would have been North American, right? Mm, no, it would have been Brazilian, I think. No, he was in North American trials. I was positive I watched his matches and he was right in front of us. Okay. And but I don't remember. He did not win. I don't think I he don't won. think he's in he's in yet. But I but think he, is, he meddled, but he didn't win. Yeah. He beat Nicky Roddy, who's number one, right? Yes. Yeah. So again, Speaks to the level of Heisem. Yeah. Um, we'll see if he can can continue to ride that wave. You know, if he's already on the main card of who's number one, 
very curious to see, you know, the continued improvements from Heisem Rita, guy we've been covering for a long time. Um, no, I don't have much more on that. Do you have much more? No, I don't. Moving on to the next match, we had another another super close decision. Um, we have Keith Krikorian defeating Gabriel Souza via unanimous decision. Uh, Keith's really fucking good. Yeah, he is. And I think he, I think he, surpri- he surprised me. Like, we knew he could get it done. And I we, was just... We su- kind of called sort of what this happened. Yeah, definitely. That, that we... Um, it's like, Souza has looked a little hot and cold recently. Yeah. And he's had some very tough matches for guys that we thought that he should be able to do well against and Krikorian has been especially with being so close to another west coast another west coast trials yeah he's in trial shape like you're not gonna find a Keith Krikorian that is in better shape than the lead up to trials he's taken three silvers in a row he's ready to go take west coast trials and he's running into Gabriel Souza the week before he's gonna be on his a game like like nobody's business I agree I completely. I was looking to see if I had notes. I did not have notes. I thought I did. And then really, it's just a ton, a ton of back, a ton of back and forth. Yeah. That eventually. Yeah, Gabriel. I mean, Pat. Like he passed Keith a few times, and Keith, Keith would just regard, and it was kind of like pass regard pass. I yeah. mean, the passing of of Souza was amazing. Um, watching him pass, watching him like calculate how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, Keith was just a step ahead. Yeah, I mean, he got he had really really good leg entries too here yeah. in this match, and he he kept he kept Souza honest with leg entries. Both guys kind of played back and forth, but yeah. I think. There's a. This is again another close one, kind of like the Michael and Dante match, where it's like depending on how you decide to look at the positional control, the passing versus yeah. the submission attempts, and like how you score it, you can get a different outcome for the match. But in this rule set for this night on these judges, yeah. Krikorian takes it. And it's again, I'm excited to see Krikorian come into West Coast Trials, having beaten a guy that he and he even talked about in the post fight, like how good Gabriel Souza is, yeah. and like gave him a ton of props. So it's yeah. cool to see like. He recognizes how substantial that victory is and like how good Souza is. I hope that puts a, some additional wind in his sails as he moves into West Coast Trials yes. again. I just want to see him win West yeah. Coast Trials at this point. It'd He's got three three silvers in a row. Yeah. I just want to see like I just want to see him do it. Yeah. And um, then we had um, on the preliminary card we have uh, Sophia Casella uh, defeat Jesse Crane in like thirty five seconds with a heel hook. Yeah, I was surprised by it. you. I mean, you called Sophia yeah. in the in last she, week's show. I mean, show. she's good. She's she's more she's of very a, very good. She's apparently. a East. Yeah, she's an East Coast uh, person, and I mean, she's doing great. She every time she's been placing and everything. She did Medusa. I think she did really well. Mm-hmm. Medusa. I think she did Medusa. Yeah, um, just gets to the outside so. leg and turns. She goes belly down on it and then yeah. turns the heel. Crane is unable to kind of running man and pull her leg out all the really way. Do anything and. Sophia just controls the knee line well enough to just get the heel hook. Again, yeah. it's a 35-second match. I think you can find the highlight on Instagram or everywhere yeah. else. Yeah. Not a whole lot. I was just uh, – we've we've seen a lot of Jessica, uh, Jessica Crane yeah. recently and have not – we've talked about Sophia uh, Casella. Casella before, but not at length. Yeah. I think we'll definitely see her featured more on who's number one uh, in the future. Next match, we had Luke Griffin defeating Do- Joe uh, Dirk Heising. He just – Jumped on his back, dude. And we, this, this honestly, I'm a little annoyed <laughs> because we talked about in the lead up to the last week's yeah. show of like Luke Griffin and like how much do we know about Luke Griffin? Yeah. And we both kind of went, yeah, I'm not that familiar with the guy. Like we know Joe, yeah, but we don't know a ton about Griffin's game. Yeah. 
Griffin he just... He's from South Africa. Like, he is. We, I, he was, and he was like an up-and-coming, and he just started training there yeah. on and off, and they just kind of welcomed him. We know a little bit about his yeah. story. Like Apparently, he's like Donahue's next project, but as far as, like, I have not watched very many of his matches to know, well, like, what his style Because his matches probably haven't been in the United States. They right. were in Africa. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Drum Drag jumps the back, jumps to Kreising's back, yeah. and then throws a Renegade choke in, and Joe kind of, like, goes, like, what do you want me to do here, man? Yeah. And, like, kind of walks a second and then, like, taps, and that was that yeah. was the whole match. Yeah. Um, super impressive for Griffith here. Not Griffin. Sorry, Griffith here with the choke. It it was quick. Yeah. It was beautiful. It was tight, and yep, that was the match. Uh, also on the card, we had David Garmo defeating Benji Silva via split decision. Yep. So awesome. Who's number one card? Anything else you yeah, want to go through on the card? That's about it. I liked it. I think the pacing was better for this card. I um, do too because I didn't feel as some of the rela- um, past cards they've had these blocks of time between their matches yeah where it was almost like what am i going to do for 20 minutes before i get this yeah, they had more blocks and i also think the matchmaking here is better like these are yeah. this entire card from the prelims all the way to the main card were all matches that i had some interest in stake and, in and, yeah and few of them were boring because the problem yeah. with getting a 15 to a 20 minute match between two high level black belts is if neither want to open up it becomes a very yeah. boring match and that's kind of we got to i mean the bro- most I'm going to go boring match on the card was the Mergali match. Yeah. But it was like, yeah, I can understand why that match had some weird pacing because it's like you have a uh, one of the best guys in the world in his first Nogi match. Like, yeah. yeah you're going to like, I'll give a guy a pass because he's looking to work things. But like other than that, the rest of the card, there was things to do and things to talk yeah. about. Um, I The Gordon match at, at certain points, you were kind of like waiting for the end of it. But Couch kept that interesting, you know, and, and you know, kept working. So... Overall, really, really happy with the card. I'm happy that Who's Number One is putting on cards like this. Um, oh, also coming up is Who's Next? Yeah. Yeah, Flo has a new reality series, and they did like a little it's bit of a preview Craig for Jones it. Craig Jones and Tim Spriggs. Oh, is it really? Yeah. I missed that. It's Craig Jones and Tim Spriggs. They I saw a bunch of the guys that were in the lineup, yeah, and I was the, like, yo, teams, this looks amazing. The teams are Craig Jones versus Tim Spriggs. Oh, I can't wait. And so It looks awesome. I am amped for it. Yeah, it's, and it's a bunch it, of East Coast guys, too. It's, yeah, it's a bunch of East Coast yeah. guys. It's I love it because every single guy that's on that roster yeah. are people we have covered on the show and guys we know that are all legitimate yeah. up and comers. Yeah. It's like Flo put together a group of people that's like, oh yeah, it's like and they and this guy. It's like no, and, everyone. Yeah, and they didn't they didn't bring in somebody that was a ridiculous high level. You didn't bring in like Nicky Rod. You're like, come yeah, on, man. Come on, like, man. Yeah. But it's it's all guys that are like, you know, probably just been black belt two years or something like yeah. that or just you know still in the color belt ranks that are all winning on the locals and like your yeah. regionals and like are are cracking it's into your nice rankings see, yeah you know or having like tough matchup with ranked guys everyone the in that one, match the is, one tenth is planet fun. guy just by his hat i can find him anywhere the guy who does fourth stringers yeah yeah yeah, the, yeah. The, the, and the, i was afraid his name but Fabio. He, yeah but he wears the hat yeah the sailor hat. the sailor hat mm-hmm. and i swear like that sailor hat yeah, I see it, and I'm like, oh, that's such and so, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's it's funny. Like, people like that. Because that, I watched his ADCC matches. Yeah. So, super excited for that coming yeah, up yeah. down the pipe. Uh, I don't have anything else for who's number one. Again, I'm looking forward to who's next, because I think Flo is put, starting to put together better programming. Yeah. And, and I think they I'm all, I think they go from, like, 16 to 8, like, day one. 
Oh, yeah. So, so it's, it's like yeah. the Kumite. Yeah. The Loiter and Kumite. And it's also like uh, Shugio. Yeah. We covered Shugio pretty much weekly a couple of years ago. It's a kind of behind closed doors event where they do no time limit submission only. And that's what I think who's next is. So it's basically like everyone's going to fight. And is it going to be, is it gonna be like, um, you know, the UFC events where we get a Tim Spriggs versus Craig Jones match at the end? The Ultimate Fighter? Yeah, Ultimate Fighter. Maybe. I mean, we've seen that match before and it was oh, yeah, kind of uncompetitive for Spriggs. Yeah, true. You know, we saw it in Grappling Industries a couple years ago. Yeah, true. Um, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Philadelphia. Again. Grappling Industries, Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, again, Spriggs has made big improvements to his game, yeah. and I think Jones has as well. So I'm not against seeing it, uh, yeah. the, but the result was very, very yeah, straightforward I, last I re- time. Now that you say that, I remember that it happened. Yeah. I wasn't at that tournament. I couldn't I go. I was pissed. I couldn't go. I was I was scheduled to go up, and then I had a thing come up yeah. that morning so that I couldn't go to, I couldn't go to see it because I was all excited for it. So, um, yeah, they may, they may go against it. It's a match, honestly, thinking about it now, especially with Spriggs, Winning who's number one, yeah. the big tournament, and being the champion there, I would be much more interested in seeing that now than probably a year ago. Yeah, so true. should be fun. Moving on to Polaris nineteen. This one was main evented by Majid Hage versus Roberto Jimenez. Yeah. Um, Majid made one mistake, and yep. Roberto capitalized, took his back, and, and choked his, him on it. Yep, pretty much. That Th- is- I mean, there's not a whole lot m- more. To say we talked yeah. about it in the last and, week's show, and Majid even Majid completely admitted to it. He said, yeah. "I went for a sloppy Kimura, and Roberto took my back, mm-hmm. and he's great." I think <laughs> like, Roberto, and we've talked about this before. Roberto is one of the best back takers in the sport. Okay, like the way that he is able to take your back off of either the double under or again, like a sloppy Kimura, like any little mistake where you dip your outside shoulder beyond his shoulder. That dude will take your back. Yeah. And we've seen it time and time again. We talked about last week, if the Roberto that showed up at South American Trials shows up to here versus Majig, he's probably going to win. If the Majig shows up in the first one, yeah. you know, it's a much more competitive match. That Roberto showed up. Like that transition that he takes Majig's back back off of, off of one like slight Kimura that Majid goes for that is not as tight to the body yeah. as it needs to be. He Majid has his arms a little extended, and Roberto goes, oh, you've dipped your shoulder and made enough space yeah. and teleports to his back. And it's a beautiful sequence. He gets there. He fights for the choke, and Majid does a great job of defending yeah. for a little bit, but really Roberto, again, is one of the best back takers in the sport. Was this, was this the match where you were saying he was opening his mouth? to not get yeah. choked. Yeah. yeah okay, Majid, I remember that comment. Majid, so we were watching this live um waiting for the fights on Saturday. Yeah. So um and I I remember he made the comment that Majid kept on like opening his yeah. mouth basically to not bring his chin up. Well, it's a, it's a it's a defense that you don't see a lot of guys do. Uh, it's a it's I know it's mostly it's a, a, gui- it's a guillotine defense. It's a guillotine. Basically defense. what what you'll see you guys do is if it's somebody's the, trying to guilt him, the baby you, bird. Yeah, you open your mouth, <laughs> yeah. and essentially it effectively yeah. blocks a lot of your chin. It makes yeah. it much harder to get under. I think Zach has an entire um, BJJ fanatics on on this defense. Oh, does he really? Yeah, like Zach. Rob's taught me it before. Well, and, and I, like, Rob got it from Zach. Oh, okay. That's where it all came from. Yeah, Zach McLean. Yeah. And I, I'm sorry, no. Zach Makowski. Makowski, yeah. yeah. He did. Um, he did a seminar at Method, or not a seminar. He taught class at Method a couple years ago. And that's where Rob learned it. But it's it's rare to see someone do it's, that guillotine yeah. defense from the back. And Majid is, and you see he's, yeah, like because the first time the you're watching is it. from the back when you do that, you do, you get the 
picture that I sent you of uh, absolute finals this weekend for IBJJF. You get somebody Wagner versus Esteban Martinez. Wagner just put his his arm just across Esteban Martinez's mouth and just yeah. started pulling on his jaw. Like that's the problem with yeah. opening your mouth in this position. But it's just again, it's a but. defense that we I haven't. Uh, in a high-level match, I don't remember the last times. I've seen it before. Yeah. I just offhand can't remember. It is not a common defense you see to the rear naked choke. But he's sort of old school. He's, Majid Maj- is very Majid old is school. young, but he hangs out with some old school dudes. Yeah, and he's from yeah. an old school. He's old yeah. school kind of way. Yeah. Um, they talked about his Clark Gracie match was like 2013, was like 2012 yeah. or, 20, or 2014. Yeah. And I was like, I remember that match. I was like, oh, I'm old now. Because <laughs> like, that, that's where I knew him from. I was like, oh, I've been watching yeah. him for 10 yeah. years. Like, wow. Um, it's not a defense you see very often. Roberto is still able to get it regardless of the defense. Again, we always like to highlight interesting defense and like yeah. technique on the show. Um, go back and watch this. It's, it, you don't see someone open their mouth to defend the choke yeah. very often. That's, it's very it's cool. It's an interesting one. Roberto is still able to get under the chin, which I found, you know, fascinating. Yeah. I'm, very, very curious to see what improvements Roberto continues to make because he seems to have like a mental shift here that he's yeah. made. Like this is the Roberto that we saw at Brown Belt, like winning all those. And he's matches. becoming more confident with his feet. Yeah, not worrying about you know leg locks or not being right. as concerned about it. I mean, I think, I'm not sure if the Jacob like if that Jacob Couch match really changed anything or like if how he, if he changed. But it might his, have just clicked. You know, yeah, I don't there, know. There's a point at which sometimes in in you're rolling and all of a sudden something clicks and you're like, oh crap! If I would do this, yeah. this would stop happening. And it's just these weird, like you know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Kind of. I'm not sure, but it, it is really nice to see Roberto like continue to go on this streak because he's an extremely fast paced, entertaining fighter. I like seeing those guys continue to win because it gives me it gives me fun stuff to cover. Yep. Um, again, we're all on the show a huge fan of Majig too, so I yeah. hope that he comes back. Um, we're going to probably see him. He's doing West Coast Trials. Yeah, we're going to see him next week. So uh, I'm curious to see if we see him at the Rules Seminar again because he was at oh, the yeah. last Rules Seminar with us that we did in uh, New Jersey. I, I, I don't know if I'm doing it or not. That's fine. It's going to depend gonna... on, it's going to truthfully depend on how nervous I am once I get to that point. Oh yeah, because you signed up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because no. like I might be a mess at that point. I don't really yeah. know. No, I have, um, I have, I'm not doing shit because I have a uh, promotion yeah. uh, coming up yeah, that you, following you have Monday. promotions. I yeah. have nothing going on and I'm like, fuck it, why not? Yeah, so I would, I'll probably <laughs> do the seminar again because I like the Newest seminar. Also doing another interview with Carlos Diaz live there to talk about some some of okay. actually the matches that happened on Who's Number One this weekend and kind of how it changes some of the divisions and kind of his thoughts on some of those performances because yeah. Carlos is always a really interesting guy to talk to. So looking forward to doing that probably the day before the rules seminar when so I get Thursday in. you're going to do it? No, Thursday night you're coming in late, so it has to be Friday. Friday morning I'm going to do it yeah. before the rules seminar. So, um, next match. Do you have anything else on Majig versus Roberto? Nope, that's it. So, next match we had Amanda Leve versus Kendall Reese. Uh, give me Kendall's last name. Rusing? Rusing. Yeah. Rusing. God, five years. Do you think I'd get it right now? Um, this one was yeah, exciting. You say Riesling like wine. I do, and it's yeah. wrong because that's what I thought it was for like three years. <laughs> and I've been wrong for many years. And like in the outro of the show, if you have a name and you'd like us to pronounce it correctly, please DM me or like, yeah. Let me know tell so us. I can get better at, you know, what yeah. we do here. if you here. see us in person, you can tell us. Yeah, be like, hey, man, that name uh, isn't pronounced like that. And I'm, I'm again, I'm, I've, in 2022, yeah. I've made a resolution to, like, get better at it. And I've, I've made efforts and I have gotten better at it. But, you know, there's work to be done still. So in this match, Amanda has a bad foot placement. Yeah, it and, sucks, though, because. And it just, it just. Amanda she, gets, like, outside she, heel hooked. She heel hooks herself. 
because Kendall kind of transverses her weight over Amanda's yeah. outstretched and foot. Just, Amanda's looking for a butterfly guard yeah. entry, and Kendall kind of like just kind of gets stuck, turns over and pops Amanda's leg, and Amanda's in a ton of pain. Yeah, and the match is over. I'm pissed because this match was shaping up to be very, very interesting. Yeah, like the the submissions that Levy was throwing off her back, and like you were seeing. Usually in a match for jiu-jitsu, we watch an astronomical amount of matches every week. You see kind of like, you very rarely see momentum shifts in a match. And in this match, you you hadn't seen it yet. Both were still like feeling out, but Kenda was putting up her offense and, you know, really getting into her wrestling. Amanda was defending, but also starting to throw up submission attacks. And we also know that Amanda will take your back in two seconds. So she was definitely trying to get to and she like was a making bu- her openings yeah and she was starting to open up to try to take her back and then the foot the yeah foot it, i'm just annoyed because like this was this was deservedly a co-main event on polaris and it was like oh this is getting and, really good and then we could relive it at adcc because yeah. they're both in the, probably in the division i know i'm hoping i'm hoping that amanda's i'm hoping that it's just like a sprain yeah and that she can like tape it up and tough it out yeah that's except, my hope except the problem is everybody's gonna go after it if yeah, you're if you're going to, anyway, yeah, yeah, I know. But I, I mean, if you have a foot taped up and you just you just popped it really bad on yeah. a live event like this, do you think you're not going to go after it? No, I mean, yeah. I, I I agree. I'm just like I I I hope that it is a it is a sprain. Yeah, and in a week she's going. Uh, oh yeah, it's yeah. a little sore. Like yeah. yep, it's definitely a couple you know steroid shots and be done. With yeah, it. it's like you bring the swelling down and then yeah, like she can compete. Because again, I like watching Amanda compete, and yeah. so it's just super unfortunate result. I want to see them run this one back because this was this was very very exciting up until the point you know of the injury. Yeah, it just is unfor- it just is unfortunate, and I'm I'm bummed about it because uh, these are two the top women in the world at the heavyweight classes, oh, and I yeah. want to see it. Next match we had Jack Sear versus Ash Williams. Uh, Ash Williams retains the lightweight championship for Polaris. Dude's dominant. Yeah, and he has he has the weird foot thing that you kept on mentioning. He can like pull his foot in from remember he kept on getting butterfly but he would like bring his foot all the way inside was like, that ash was that that was ash Val- that was ash no no right? it was on the no no it wasn't ash it wasn't ash I forget oh, oh, now, now i'm gonna forget what match it I, I i swear it was ash because you kept on saying this is yeah yeah and no. you were talking about it and i thought it was him he could literally like put his knee in a weird ass position i think it a, was valentin he could get a butterfly he could hook. essentially do the old school bj pen um like it was crazy it's like it's not a butterfly break it's like a it's a it's a jailbreak they call it a jailbreak yeah, basically you retain things. you retain the hat the, the guard from side control and bj penned it versus matt hughes and like it's a very very famous guard thing that you need to have some crazy leg dexterity for but i think i think that was valentin fells versus owen o'flanagan in that match because ash williams spent the majority of this match kind of in dominant position on jack sear and didn't spend a ton of time on the bottom inside control again ash williams looked super dominant throughout the entirety of the match wins the judge's decision about that ash williams it's all we're we're (laughs) gonna see him at adcc um next match we had owen livesley defeating freddie vosgrove uh via decision again owen looked dominant on top imposing on freddie um freddie wasn't really able to get a ton going in the game um owen had very very good takedowns he just looked kind of more explosive in the takedowns and he put kind of he put freddie kind of on the back foot early and initially and freddie was sort of 
trying to get back into it. Yeah. But Owen was able to kind of push that advantage throughout the entirety of the match. And I'm sure like the the judo background helps with that. Mm-hmm. And the, he's, I mean, a very um, not dedicated. What's the word? Celebrated judo person. What's credentialed? You, yeah, credentialed. Yeah, that's a good word. Um. So and and I'm sure that kind of helps you uh, with pacing. Yeah. Standing pacing. I mean, besides wrestling, but his his base is basically judo. Yeah. So, um, fun, very fun match. Uh, he he takes that over Freddie. Um, it was, um, I was really excited about the match. It was fun. It was definitely, it got a little slower in some places, but it was nice to see kind of the takedown game of Owen on display there. Uh, next match, we had Valentin Fells versus Owen O'Flanagan. Owen takes that in a very clear uh, judge's decision, works yeah. to the back for a good portion of the match, spends, I think, about half the match on the back here working uh valentin has great defense but owen is really just in the driver's seat uh the entire time next match we had margaret cicerelli defeating ashley bendel um all over the leg attacks yeah. for this entire match we've talked have we talked about i brought this up i think we were watching it maybe last week uh margaret cicerelli have we covered her on the show before Maybe for like IBJJF, but no, because she's a brown belt. Not black belt. We she's a black up. belt now. But oh, she would have okay. probably been a brown belt, so we probably haven't because she would have been a new. I I remember talking about her for Europeans because she was in the Europeans black yes, belt bracket. Yes, now. But I don't know if she's been featured in anything. No, we would have covered, covered on the covered. show yet. We would have seen her on an undercard, but we yeah. probably wouldn't have covered it. I was amazingly impressed with her game. Like she just put it to Bendel in every phase of the fight. Like there was not a single place where I thought that Bendel was able to either like get past her guard or like work through and put up significant offense. Um she had Bendel had some great defense that the entirety of the match like kept her feet diligent placement was good um really forced margaret to like not overextend but you could see open up her game more than she wanted to in areas to try to get something going again props to both i always appreciate when someone is actually willing to open up their game beyond like the scope of what you can see they really kind of want to do it makes for good matches margaret takes their their very clear decision here um and it's great to see Next match, we have Patty Holohan uh, versus Phil Harris. Phil takes that via judge's decision. First time we've seen Patty, I think, on Polaris before. Uh, I followed his UFC career yeah. at length, and he uh, retired a couple of years ago, 2016, actually, due to like, a weird genetic blood issue. Yeah. Um, so it's cool to see him competing. He's not an Irish politician. Uh, Phil Harris almost broke his arm yeah. twice. Yeah. Couple of times, almost triangled him. Holahan is as tough as they come, but he just I, really didn't have any offense. Harris was just on him yeah. and continued in the guard and the triangle and the arm bars. Like Holahan just had to continually defend positionally and kind of went to the legs a little bit, but Harris was just a step ahead and continually in the offense. He had his hips up on Holahan, throwing the arm bars, um, and Holahan was never able to really like get out of Harris's game and his offense to kind of put up his own for any significant yeah. portion of the match. And that was Polaris. And that was Polaris. So So all we got to talk about left is the wonderful ADCC trials. And Fight to Win 198. And Fight to Win 198. <laughs> What's okay. up? So uh, Fight to Win 198 was Oliver Taza versus Andy Varela. Yeah, we've seen, we've seen Andy Varela a ton on uh, who's, who's number one. Sug, no. on submission. Sug. He's yeah. been on Sug a lot. Yeah. He's, been, he's been on Fight to Win before, too. Yeah. Um, I, was this one for a belt? Do you remember? 
I don't think so. I don't think so. this is for about. I don't think so. Um, I I want to say Andy's bigger than Taza, but I I know I get Taza's weight wrong because, yeah, because I always think he's smaller. Taza than he is. bumps up and down, yeah. and Varela again. I always have Varela as smaller than he is as well. Yeah. So both of these guys for the yeah. uh, main doesn't know your weight class belt. Yeah, because um, I think both these guys also but were there game. A, I don't believe there was a belt exchanged. No, at least I didn't see a picture. I didn't see it at the end of the match. I didn't see one get put yeah. on uh, Varela's waist here. But Varela wins a decision. Mm-hmm. Um, Taza is. They're both. There's a big portions of the match that they're both standing. Yeah, and you see Taza continually trying yeah. to pull into that really, really famous, like inverted knee bar that he does. Um, but Varela is hip to it, continuing his hips down, like beautiful sprawl work, fast out of all the submissions. He even sprawls out of Taza's guard at one point. Yeah. Um, well, Taza keeps on doing like a, a single to a pull. Yeah. He does the ADCC. I don't know my takedowns, so I guard pull. Right. Takedown. Yeah. That's what I call it at least. Well, that's kind of that's what it is. You can't legally do a, a guard pull. You do like a like a a shoddy. You work for a shot, yeah, and then you shot. play the shot off into the guard yeah. pull, and it becomes not a guard pull. It becomes yeah. a failed shot that yeah. you end up on a bottom position, exactly. but a non-scoring bottom position, which again, yeah. how Taza won European trials. Yeah. Oh, and knows I'm not, the game. It's very. It works very yeah. well. So, but with Varela's speed and with how quickly Varela was like willing to get his hips out and yeah, get away, he wasn't. He wasn't kind of getting sucked into yeah. Taza's game plan. And we've that's kind of how we've seen guys beat Taza in the past. Is that yeah. Taza plays. Usually, not always. When he gets out of that game, it's you know it's amazing to watch. Taza plays a specific game. Yeah. He's looking for specific leg entries. If you let him get there, he is astonishingly hard to beat and very hard to I like, did a stop. seminar with Taza, yeah. and it was three hours long, and that's when I had to leave. Yep. So I don't know how long he went for on leg entries yeah. from the same exact place. Yes. He can, he's an encyclopedia of leg mm-hmm. entries. And but and that's what so. that's what he looks for. And Varela knows. And Varela's the guy we've seen game plan well on Sug. Um, he knows. We've seen him have some slow matches on Sug where he's looking for the overtime because like he knows how to game plan. He knew how to game plan for a fight to win. Um, in the match, the biggest kind of sequence that he had, aside from the last sequence that Taza hit, was Andy Varela kind of does a throw by and takes Taza down yeah. and gets to his back. Yeah. And then we see, I wouldn't say a couple of minutes, but a good chunk of time yeah. where Andy Varela is actively working a back position on Oliver Taza and working with for the tri- choke. With the triangle. A body triangle. With the body triangle, yeah. yeah. With the body triangle. It was kind of a body triangle. It was like he didn't have... It was an inside body triangle yeah. as opposed to like an outside body yeah. triangle. Um, it was the one that if you don't pay attention to your feet you might get yeah yeah you, you can get, you can you get back yourself. Locked, yeah. But Varela was like kind of slided so like that's yeah. probably not going to happen. And again that's not something you see for the high level guys, high level like, guys. they're just it's not going to tap to it's it. It's normally white belts that have that happen. Yeah, I've seen a purple. You can get it. You've, you see it. Really? I, yeah, you see it at like the non elite guys. I'm trying to think guys. who taught somebody, and I think it was I, at some seminar, and I've been to a bazillion taught how to how to defend that. If somebody tries that yeah. on you, you just push away from them. Yeah, and then they don't have anything. Yeah, yeah, and when they showed it to me, I was like, oh. That's the most amazing thing ever. But there's there's other ways you can yeah. stop the guy from doing that. You yeah. can pull him close and you can prevent the push away. There's It's yeah. a neat little like yeah. submission in meta, but you see it a couple times a year at Black Belt. Um, but usually with the high-level leg lockers, yeah. they're just they're comfortable enough there. Then they have enough flexibility in their feet. They're just not going to tap to yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so he's not in danger for that. But he works for a period of time on Taza's back, 
you know, putting up offense, putting up choke offense. Taza is actively defending both the back mount and the chokes. Yeah. And then again, they reset. Taza continues back into the pulling game that he's looking. He sort of goes for a low single, not a low single, like a um, like a lower single leg yeah. into the pull again. Varela has kind of figured out exactly where Taza wants yeah. to go. And what Towards he's doing. the end of the match, Taza gets Varela in the guard. And we see him go for like a Barato Plata, almost like an Oma Plata, and then Varela yeah. lawnmowers out of an armbar. Um, it looked actually, we watched it, looked yeah. like he almost like tapped on yeah, it. Yeah, but, but it, it wasn't. It, it was, was just the, a hand position yeah. move. It was the angle. Because I was like, oh, he tapped. And I was like, no, he didn't. And it was like, and we both went like, what would he be tapping to? Yeah, we were. Like, oh, he just moved his Because he was on the wrong arm, so yeah. it didn't matter anyway. Um, and that was really the only significant offense that Taz was able to pull up. Again, Varela had to defend, you know, some arm bars there. Oh, yeah. But that sustained back attack from Varela, I think, pretty clearly gave him the win there um, and then, in that match. Yep. And then we go on to uh, Gabriel Checo versus Sloan Climber. Yeah. This was a close one. This was yeah. this was very, very close. We had... And it was back and forth. Yeah. Really. We finished it, actually. And I was like, oh, I'd probably give that to, to Sloan. And then and Checo got the victory. I was like, no, Checo. And I was like, oh, look at that. <laughs> um, again, very, very close. Um, both guys working for a good portion of the time on the feet yeah. kind of in both matches we're going to cover on a fight to win this week yeah there's a feeling out period um sloan has some really good guard work yeah. and i like that you know that checo is willing to come into his guard and like push into him yeah and sloan is able to like work to try to take the back like sloan is always more dynamic off his back and in the guard than i would expect yeah. for a guy of his size yeah he is quicker again. It's kind of like Tex. Yeah, Tex is always. It always surprises me that Tex is as good as he is. We're moving into the yeah. era of like that is kind of a standard thing for bigger guys. It's yeah. like they have a dynamic guard, like Victor Hugo. Yeah, big big guys. They can get around you. Like we're not seeing that lax, slow, mob- like non mobile well, heavyweights anymore. Or yeah, or like the lower level heavyweight yeah. matches. Because in like lower level heavyweight matches, whoever hits the ground first is going to lose. Yeah, like if you they just don't have the yeah, dynamism to get stand, back around. stand, stand, fall, and then whoever's on top is going to win. Right, like that's how a white belt heavyweight match generally yeah, goes. Generally, but it, it, the high levels of the black belt levels, but it's great. You're starting to see yeah. heavyweights that have some physical attributes, like climber. Yeah, um, and again, like Checo, like to be able to get around guys and use their size and, and use their leverage, butterfly yeah. hooks, and the whole shebang. So it's nice to see that. So, yep, so Checo takes that. Again, it was a, it was a very close match. I would, again, they, it was a match that I was happy to see because I think this is a great match for Checo and a good match for Clymer. Um, I think these guys will probably yeah. meet again. Well, this was in Vegas. Yeah, so we'll, yeah. we'll, see, we'll probably see them both yeah. at Trials. Um, and that's why the Viking guys are in Vegas because they're helping out Mo with West Coast Trials. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a good lead into West Coast Trials. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we are going to West Coast Trials. Yes, we, we are going to cover... The West Coast Trials. Um, we actually don't have any additional um, lists or, lists or names no. than what we had, I think, almost a month ago. Yeah, like, and the only invites they did for championships were people who had won, or like Brazilian people that won the Brazilians. So yeah, they, they haven't, haven't done any more invites. No, um, they just announced basically. They got posters. ADCC finally has posters for the people that won the trials and stuff. Like Azaki Bahens yeah. got his poster today for winning the second Brazilian trials. Um, I'm scrolling through here trying to find the listing that we did have for who is in trials so far. Um, it's it's really the same guys. Yeah. Like really, it's normally it's it's your who's who of of jujitsu for the trials. 
I think the easy picks are the people that placed in trials. And the people that placed in trials are going to get better seating. Here, I have it now, finally. Okay. Um, so, and Mo's talked about this, that Mo Jassim, the event coordinator for ADCC 2019 and 2022, as well as for West Coast trials and Brazilian trials, like he coordinates all of those and he's already been seeding and bracketing people because, again, some of the divisions are 200 plus people large. Um, if you placed like the number, like Keith moving into West Coast trials be is one. the one seat yeah. because he got second place versus... Um, Colabate at East Coast Trials, and he's a multiple-time Trials medalist. Like, yeah, he yeah. gets the first slot. Uh, I don't know if he's going to go against two fifty-six. I don't know how they're yeah. doing that. I assume that they would do it like that. Yeah. But you're probably going to have a hundred plus to hundred and fifty plus people that yeah. are unranked. Um, so he'll go against probably one of those, and then you bracket Mo bracketed all the way up. I think I saw up to like sixteen or thirty-two. Okay. So if you basically if you were at Trials and you made it to day two. For East Coast, you're probably going to have a better seed because you, you made it to day two in yeah. East Coast trials, yeah. which and I like completely that. makes sense. Yeah, and I but I just like that it's becoming more and more of a professional event, and the trials leading up to it are a bigger and bigger deal. Like the, this level of trials is what ADCC should have because it kind of speaks to the enormity of the event. Yeah. Like to to win a trials, you know, you have to go through hundreds of people that are all looking for that opportunity. Yeah. And it's such a cool way that, like, we see new talent showcase. Like, people that were like, oh, yeah, he looked really good at trials. And it, it gives people that are not, like, the best 30, the best 15 people in the world an opportunity to make a name for themselves. That's how we, yeah. like, Craig Jones, Gordon Ryan, like, all these guys go through ADCC trials to make it to ADCC. It's very rare that people get an invite that haven't, like, done trials. Yeah. Or already like world class and yeah. world ranked. Yeah. So I, I just like trials are so important for that reason. And I like that um, anyone can sign up if you think that you have what it takes to be on that level. You know, it is an open invite to that regardless. Like if you're a blue belt, if you're a white belt, yeah. if you're a brown belt, if you're a black belt, if you're a lute livre guy, if you're a judo person, like if you're a wrestler, yeah. you can go and see if you can win trials. Yeah. So great. as of a couple of weeks ago, for 66, we Didn't had... Did we already go through all this? We went through it like a month ago. Okay. So it's been a while. So we'll do it quick, and then we'll adjourn. <laughs> um, it makes me nervous. 66, <laughs> we got Keith Gregorian, Gianni Griffo, Josh Shishneros, Damian Anderson, Ben Eddy, John Callistein, Juni Acasio, William Tackett, Elijah Tagalong, and Adam Benayou. Um That list is looking even better since it, since it got announced. And since Adam Benayou kind of showed up at, at Emerald City. Yeah. That's... And I think I'm guessing Kieran is in that as well. Um, that that is. See, Grippo. Grippo's in there as yeah. well. Again, that is anyone's division. Yeah. 77 kilograms. William Tackett, Bajig Hage, Cody Steele, PJ Barch, John Stavo, Posado Santos, Alan Sanchez, Michael Lira, Piero Villaclerc. Oh, Kieran's at 77. Kieran Kierchik, John Combs. How is Kierchik at 77? He's a big boy. Because it was fifty, he was, it was fifty five at oh, okay, it was at Emerald okay. City Invitational, that's, so that's he was probably was. cutting okay. a bunch of weight. That makes sense. And again, if he's going to weigh in, yeah, or he's and or do, he has teammates at it, do who like knows. eight matches, you know. Yeah, that's again if he's cutting huge, yeah. you know, or for especially for a two day event, yeah. you don't want to kill yourself making it do the first day and then still trying to be kind of recovering for the second day. Yeah, you only have to weigh in once, yeah. but um, and he also might have moved weight. You never know. Yeah. Uh, we have because actually. Because Emerald City was 55. Yeah. And 66 kilograms is 45. Yeah. So I know like Keith like has to cut hard to get to that yeah. weight. 
a lot of those guys have to cut hard to get to that weight. 88 kilograms. Jacob Couch, Adam Bradley, Kyle Chambers, Sloan Climber, Hunter Colvin, David Garmo, Jason Rao, Achilles Rocha, Jacob Rodriguez, Benji Silva, Sean Yadamarco. Again, that's anyone's yeah. division. Yeah. You can pick pick your four, your top eight guys at trials for East Coast. They're all there, and they all easily could take that division at any time. I'm curious to see kind of how Jacob Rodriguez changes his game and Achilles Rosa changes his yeah. game with the West Coast trials and the European, or sorry, oh, the, yeah. the South American trials. You know, his dad competing this last weekend. Very interesting division. Under 99 kilograms, Devontae Johnson, Elder Cruz, Elliot Kelly, Mario Gonzalez, Jared Dopp, and Joe DeKaishing. Yeah. Crazy division. Plus 99, Kyle Bame, Damon Ramos, Elliot Marshall, Raymond Alex, Jessere Childre. Yeah, the plus 99 I'm not as familiar with, I don't think. We've covered all those guys on the show, Have but we? yeah, but it's been it's been a little it's been, yeah, it's been for some of them like Jezre, we haven't tra- covered him in probably yeah. two years. It's been a minute. Um, we covered him. He won Ultimate Matt Warriors three. Okay, probably back in twenty eighteen was the last time that we really talked about him as a main in a main event slot on the show. Under sixty kilograms for the women: Brianne Saint Marie, Jasmine Hosha, Natalie Ribeiro, Tammy Musumeci. I'm curious to see if Musumeci is going to be in it with the death of their grandmother. I assume that she will still yeah, be in it. I'm assuming. But she Mikey will. has an invite, so he's not going to be there. But she yeah. still has to fight in for that bracket for the women. Um, we're going to have Alexandre Enriquez. We're going to have Raquel Canudo, Heather Rafferty, Lauren Sears, and Bree Robertson. Yeah. And then I also assume we're going to have every other woman that we saw this weekend. Yeah. Also in that bracket as well. Plus 60 kilogram for the women, Kendall Riesling, Kendall Rusing, Elizabeth Clay, Amy Campo, Maggie Gandotti, Aaron Harp, Tara White, Kat Singano. Yeah. So, uh, again, I don't make picks because we don't have brackets yet, but yeah. hopefully we'll get brackets. Usually it's Thursday. Uh, we when- had brackets for East Coast. We had them day off. Because I didn't know who we were coaching against. Mm, until oh, you're right. Day off. I remember that now. Because I remember in the morning looking and looking and looking and looking and not finding brackets yeah I remember that. because i was trying to figure out who we had the uh, yep because you're right morning of we walked down and we did weigh-ins and then we pulled up yeah and i started and going they were through still, and they were still bracketing. The bracket. yeah they were still yeah. bracketing so but i think they have well they're cutting off tri- they're cutting off registration on wednesday yeah but it depends on how many people pull out. But I think they've already, because Mo's running it, Mo seems very, very organized. I'm getting, that he's going to pre He already, I think, already has brackets there. Yeah. And he'll just like, he'll just, if there's any dropouts or movements, he'll just yep. slot. He's, yeah. Mo is not a last minute kind of guy. Yeah. He's kind of already prepared. So I'm curious if we're going to get brackets sooner this week. Yeah. But day of wouldn't surprise me either. So look out for that. It's going to be awesome. Um, it's going to be fun. We'll I'm have, so excited. We'll have a good time. I'm so excited to be in Vegas. Vegas. I took off most of the week, so I got like actual actual time to relax yeah. either side of it. So it will be uh, it will be good. And then uh, the day after Vegas, or like no, the week after Vegas, I'm going to Brown. So week after Vegas, I'm going to go to um, a Damian Maya seminar in Delaware. Nice. What what date? Thursday. Okay, I, I was like I was like Thursday. not promotion dates. No, it's I think it's okay. a Thursday night. It's a really like weird week, middle of the week seminar, and it's in the Gi. That's fine. And I'm like, yeah, it's Damian yeah. Maya. I'm, wait, Thursday? Yeah. You can come up. Am I off, oh, I'm not off Thursday. Oh, okay. Wait, what time is it? 7 o'clock. It's 7 to 10. <laughs> Where is it, Philly? It, no, it's in Delaware. I might go to that. It's at like Delaware fun. Martial Arts. or it, it's He has, like, there's a random school 
Um, Apparently, Damian Mai gives and, a really good seminar. Del- That's what I've heard. Well, and there's there's a school, and I don't know how their affiliation. I don't know if he has family up here, and that's how he has an affiliation up here. Because this isn't the first time he's done a seminar here. Because it's in Chad's Ford, which is like okay. right before you get into Philly. Not right before, but it's. I'm, I'm nodding my head like I know, but I have yeah. no idea where that is actually. It's 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 on one. It's on Route One. If you take Route ah, One yes. to Philly mm. from like my hood, so um, it's not that far, and it's not as far into. It's just a kind of a random location to have an affiliate, Maya. you know, yep. but they've had him a few times and I'm like, okay, whatever. Awesome. Like, Go see Damien Maya. Yeah, why not? The week after ADCC. Yeah. Don't get injured. Dick on Miranda. I'm going to try. I'm going to try my best. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. So uh, I got no other news. That's the news for yep. this week. It should be exciting. I'm having a, I'm having a great time. Yeah. I'm um, looking forward to looking forward to flying to Vegas and, and enjoying some some West Coast trials action. I'm yep. so happy I decided and to go. And food and alcohol and yes, yes. and Vegas and I'm just I'm just excited because they I'm looking. O- at, you know they have an open container law. We can walk I know they with do. I'm just super. <laughs> I'm just super happy that I'm going because yeah. I looked at those brackets and I went, any one of those brackets would be like a consideration to go out to the event. Yeah, you stack all those brackets together and all those guys here the same day. I was like. Why on earth wouldn't I go to that? What's going to be fun is like just the randomness of running into people places. That's my favorite thing. Because we're all going to be we're all going to be in the same area. So you're just going to be like on a shuttle from the the airport to the hotel. And you're going to be like in a shuttle. Guess who's at my shuttle for ADCC? (laughs) Wagner, Wagner's family, Johnny Grippo. uh, Who else? It was like I just interviewed all of them like two hours before. So they waved me on the shuttle. I was like, oh, we're going to go to the airport back to ADCC. So it'll be great. I'm I'm. I am looking forward to it. Yeah. It's, I'm so excited to just go and watch. We've already bought our spectator tickets. Yep. So I'm just and excited. You guys are getting coached past. We, and we're going to coach too. So that'll be, that will be fun. Yeah. So It'll I'm looking, I'm looking forward to all of that. Miranda, you got anything else? Nope. That's it. As always on the show, I'm your host, Mange, and the co-host. Miranda. And we are the Grappling Ground. Stay on the map, whatever it is. Stay safe. If you like the show, please consider sharing it on Facebook with the folks at your gym. It's the best way that we grow the show and we really appreciate it. You can reach out to us on email. We also have Instagram. We have Facebook. We have Twitter. We have Google+. Plus. Until that shuts down. We have a website. If you have an event you would like to have us cover, please let us know. If you have a name, like most people do, and you'd like to have us stop butchering it, let us know. Reach out to us. The show is also available on YouTube, Spotify, in addition to iTunes and every other podcast service. We very much appreciate your time and thank you.